Welcome into the Friday, September 22, 2023 installment of Market Plus. Chris Robinson continues with us. Chris, I should have hit record earlier. I set you up with the question. You were saying something. Uh, okay, before we get into that, sorry, I need to go back for a minute uh, and set the table. This week in Chris's newsletter, he held out, and I gave him a hard time about shouting in his newsletter about some things. He basically held up his work. He showed his work to say, I've been saying this. We had a couple of questions about how come your market analysts, we never put up their predictions. Well, Chris, let's bring it to you first. You put up your predictions out there. What were you so adamant about earlier this week that you were trying to tell people that, yes, this is, where, this is what I was saying. What were you saying? Are we talking about the cash sale that I made? Well, you were talking about how, how things had gone, cash sale at two-year lows, why would you do yes, it? Yes, right. Buy calls on at least half of what you sell. Yes. And I was right about where I said at 1330, sell beans. Right. I do that because when you're wrong in this business, at least my business, people like to point it out to you. So when you're right, and, and you know, uh, what was important about that is I think that what I've tried to... to express with my clients and anybody that reads my letter is, you've got to be willing to sell into one-year highs. I know it's hard to do because your natural inclination is I want to get long because everybody were at one-year highs. That's what happened. With, with 2024 soybeans, we hit $13, $13.13. We were right up at one-year highs, right above $13. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. It's probably a good level to do a little hedging. Let, not sell the whole crop and, you know, call the top and pound on my chest like Tarzan. But just, you know, sell something or hedge something. And lo and behold, I had a big pushback from a lot of guys telling me, why would I want to do that? Why would I do that? So it was kind of a kind of a shout out to those guys who had said, no, thank you. And again, we, this, this 2023 was a year where you had to be willing to sell into rallies if you wanted to do a better job marketing. And that's, I think, the takeaway from this. If you've learned nothing from 2023, as you continue to market as a farmer, I don't care if you've got a year left or 50 years left, you've got to be willing to reward rallies with either sales or hedges. You were also saying that 23 is different than what 21, 22, and to an extent 20. Yeah. Have the last two years put us into some bad habits? Absolutely, because you have to remember, if you go back to like 13, 14, 15, 16, we, we were in these narrow trading ranges where we didn't move very much and you could get by without making decisions. When you have a market that's, you know, we had an explosive rally from 2020's low to, you know, eight year, $8 corn and then back down and then back down, I think it kind of teaches you to do the wrong thing, which is wait and see, wait and see. And, um, a lot of the drivers that gave us these multi-year highs in commodities, the whole COVID thing, the printing the money, the big inflation, that may be going away right now. And I think that's started to happen now with the Fed saying that they're going to continue rates higher for longer. They really want to squeeze inflation away. If that happens, you're going to have less money that wants to be in commodities. The same people that were falling all over themselves 2021, 2022, we got to own commodities, we have to go own commodities, they're going to be looking for something else to do. So as a farmer, producer, that's, it was a tailwind. Now, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's 100% going to be, a, a, you know, uh, holding us back, but it's not going to help if people are like, hmm, maybe I don't want to own commodities. So okay, that's my cautionary tale for 2024. You can weave in some of that again as we answer your questions that came in. Let's start with Bradley in Nebraska, who also hasn't believed the weather forecast this week, and then he did get some rain. He's asking, 
Could the lack of soybean export sales be the result of an empty pipeline or low Mississippi River levels preventing beans from reaching the Gulf? Yeah, and in general, our exports have been, you know, I guess you call it par for the course. Nothing great, nothing terrible, but certainly uh, not what people thought was going to be coming, especially after the Chinese started printing money again. That, I think, is maybe front-loaded. They, they printed so much money trying to re-stimulate their economy. That may end up coming down here, and they're pretty good traders. They, they may be waiting to see what happens with soybeans as well. I know they're looking at corn at two-year lows. There's some talks that they may come back in. So if they come back in, I think that's, a, that's something that could help us. It could definitely help soybean demand moving along. Soybeans have the most bullish fundamental picture of all the grains. All right. You said discrepancies earlier in, in analysis, but I'm going to go conspiracy theory farther. There's a reason, according to a couple of people that watch this program, that the river levels are a false narrative out there about it doesn't matter. There's no one to buy our product, but, why, but there's something pushing our prices down. Because there's always that thought, something's pushing the prices down. What is pushing the price down? Well, for soybeans, I mean, we're still in pretty good shape. I mean, we, we're, we're not down at 11.30 where we were. So we had a, a really good rally. I think the people, the, the reason we had this dollar break was people were kind of bulled up, especially after that USDA report. People were thought that the yields were definitely going to be lower. And as the first stories of guys with going out and cutting beans, they've had way better yields than they thought they would. That's what this is. This is people saying, we got to get out. And... Again, now the next two weeks, we'll see if that continues. But, you know, even when we settle today with beans, bean, beans where they are, yeah, they're not at $14, but they're also not at 11 So it's still a good price. Okay, we're going to continue on then. Uh, let's go with Phil in Ontario, Canada, in Dresden. Grain markets continue their bearish malaise over the last week. Even the November Jan soybean spread grew to $0.17. Cents. Corn and wheat are at levels I look away. Do we sell unpriced corn this fall and store the beans or vice versa? I think if you sell it, you got to reown it because we could get a recovery rally. Um, if you're going to store it, I think you have to keep a, a floor under it. And if you're, again, you've got to be very, very careful. You've got to make sure that if you store it, that you take the steps to capture the carry. Don't just store it and don't do anything. You've got to set the hedge after you store it. So that's, that's my answer to that. Okay. If you're going to store it, please keep a floor under it. All right, let's go to Doug in Iowa. This is a simple question. I probably should have asked this coming out of what you just said before. Is the market waiting for more harvest data on current U.S. corn? Absolutely. You know, there's still an argument out there as to how much this heat hurt the final yields, especially in the I states. So that's why the next two weeks are going to be really, really big. And um, I think that's why we've kind of been sitting here at this 475 level waiting. Yeah, if you look at the chart that's on the screen right now, it is. It is just stuck in that narrow range. So I guess what changes us from breaking out of a narrow range in the next three to six months? A, a definite drop in the yield, an increase in uh, demand for corn. You know, we need somebody besides Mexico buying our corn. Just put it out there. You know, right now they're, they're, our, they're our steady buyer. So in that case, we don't need the Mississippi River high. We can put that on a rail. That's right. And so that goes back to that theory and why there's some that think that way. All right. right. Uh, let's go Dominic in uh, North Dakota. I haven't heard from Dominic in quite a while. Thank you for this question, Dominic, uh, via our Facebook page. Why is nobody talking about spring prices? If soybeans come up shorter than what the market expects, then in the spring, wouldn't corn have to bid for acres? 
Who would plant mid to low $4 corn when you can get $15 beans? You know, I've, I've been working with farmers now for 12, 13 years. I always answer that question, but farmers like to plant corn. Sooner or later, if they, if they get a chance, they like to watch it grow. They like, it's just, they like, they'd rather plant corn. So we'll see if we get an, an acres issue. Um, it's gonna take soybeans pulling corn up, I think, to get that. And again, like, like I said, we, we, just a month ago, we were at one year highs. So if you look at the lay of the land, 2024 soybeans are still in pretty good shape. I think if we're gonna have a bull market next year, it's gonna be because we're gonna be led by soybeans. Uh, William in Iowa is asking about exports. How are we gonna improve exports? You talked about getting somebody else other than Mexico. Do we have to fall that we're as cheap as everybody else? No, I think the other thing we've gotta to watch too is US dollar. US dollar's at a six month high now. People look for reasons to not, to not um, you know, export. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's supply and demand. If we have tighter supply, the price will follow. Um, and I think that um, uh, worldwide, you know, there's some concern that you know, the, the rest of the world may be going to a recession. I mean, China's really fighting a recession right now. That's why they're printing all this money. Uh, you know, if they, can, if they can catch their economy back on, I think that will help our exports tremendously. One more theory, and this one's about crop insurance. This one is from Mitchell, or Mitch in Iowa wants to know, what impact will the crop insurance guarantee price have on corn markets in the month of October? Are you holding on to bushels if an insurance payout appears likely? Hold on to them, but keep a floor under them. There's a there is a conspiracy theory out there that we will have a rally so that there will be less of a payout. I've heard about it, you know, my whole life. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. You know, and how do you play that? Well, if you are worried about losing that insurance premium, the calls are cheap right now. We're at two-year lows, and, and you buy the call. That way, if we go up, you don't get insurance, you'll get paid off on the, uh, the call option. So that's how you play that if, if that's in your playbook. I shouldn't call it conspiracy theory. It's just a theory. It happens sometimes. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Especially when you're down at two-year lows, everybody's short. It doesn't take much to catch fire. And who has to set the narrative about the size of the corn crop? I mean, we're already hearing that size of the bean crop story because <clears throat> you can read pretty easily someone says, oh, it's better than expected. Again, theory, that's a whisper campaign. I think if you look at some of the larger or more largely followed uh, services where they really survey a lot of producers. And you really get, if you start to see some discrepancies, um, that'll be the first one. But at the end of the day, the USDA has got to be the final say-so. You can hope and pray, but boy, we need some, some, some tighter carries uh, to turn it around for the, uh, especially for the, the corn complex. And also too, not to mention the last, last report, you know, they found an extra 700 million acres <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we've gone off the tracks. So I'm not going to get you in any more trouble now. Thanks. All right, Chris Robinson, good to see you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for Market Plus. Next week, we are going to look at that volatile fertilizer market. We'll have commodity market analysis with Ted Seifert. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week.